Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Good evening, Razorback fans. We want to welcome you to the one, the only Hog Talk podcast, part of the Believe and Buzz Radio Networks. We're coming to you live from the Electrical Supply Guys Studios. And you can hear us on Buzz 2 106.7 in Central Arkansas. So please like, rate, and review our podcast. I'm your host, Porter Hayes of Sports and Culture Arkansas. Alongside me is Jacob Davis from Arkansas Fight and Saturday Down South. All live shows are presented to you by Arkansas Brewing Company in beautiful downtown Ozark, Arkansas. And as always, we are powered by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, events with the first to market odds and lies. Find reviews, news for every league, and Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. So head on over to Bet Online and use our promo code BLE50, BLEAV50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And uh, from the Sound of yesterday and the looks of yesterday and everything from yesterday, I think we wish we could have started that whole game over. Um, just a ugly performance all the way around. Um, when, when you have KJ out, when you have Brini out, when you have Slusher out, Slusher. I mean, I mean Slusher instead of Brini, sorry. There was somebody reporting that Brini was out and he ended up playing. Um, but there's going to be a lot we're going to unpack throughout this show um, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, because there's things that, you know, when, when you think about why we do this show on a Sunday, you really have a day to reflect. I'm glad that we don't do this show on Saturday night because our reaction would be different. The fans' reaction would be different. So you, you have a day to really sit back and think about what what's going on with the team. But I'm telling you, I, I kind of called it – without calling it last week and, and was saying, hey, you know, KJ's probably not going to play. Mississippi State game's going to pretty much be a wash. We, we know they throw the ball 40 to 50 times. So I guess for me, and I'll get your take on it, and this is just the, the reaction. I was really surprised on the reaction by the fans of the, of the outcome. Like, I seen the game being – out of hand. I didn't see a way that because they were a pass heavy team. Now, did I expect Mississippi State to come out and run the ball the way they did? No. But I just I had a feeling with him throwing the ball 40 to 50 times and he even set what the completion record or something like that during the game. So that that's where my confusion is. It's like I understand everybody thinks the sky's falling in, but oh I want to say at this point last year they were at the same spot. Three game losing streak. You're coming up and look at the back end. BYU, I mean, it's going to be – I'm not saying it's going to be a cupcake, but you look at the back end of this schedule, it's not that bad. So, Jacob, what was your thoughts and what was your take on the game and then, of course, the reaction from the game? Yeah, it's like my article on Saturday Down South this morning said, you know, it was hard to find three things I liked and it was really hard to narrow down three things I disliked that that, uh, showed – Showed itself yesterday, man. I don't know what to what to think about the performance yesterday. Uh, I thought defensively we knew what was going to happen. We knew they were going to go rush three, drop eight. 
We knew they weren't going to even try to put any kind of green on Will Rogers' jersey. That was not the game plan. And with so many guys hurt, you're trying to you're trying your best to mold the defense. You're you got guys out of position and putting Clark at safety, which I thought was a good move. Uh, and then you're trying to run out there with just Simeon Blair and and a couple of other guys on defense, and that was just hard. Now, where I do – I don't have the issues with them defensively after a 24-hour layover here thinking about it. What I do have an issue with was they started the wrong quarterback. I don't know what – if Sam Pittman and Malik have beef or if they if he's in the doghouse, whatever it may be. But you can't tell me that – Kay Fortin passing to practice dummies uh, you know, uh, during the week and was looking better than Hornsby because you, you, you think about it 20 years to go to Matt Jones and you remember how dynamic he was. We've heard that Dale Loggins outpracticed Matt Jones every single day of the week. But on Saturdays, it wasn't Dale Loggins out there making the plays. It was Matt Jones out there making the highlight real plays. He was a dynamic playmaker. And that's the same way with Kay Fortin. There, there's no substitute – for true talent, and that's what Malik Hornsby has. No, he's not going to beat you in a throwing competition, but he gives you the dynamic run in the football. And and that's what Arkansas needed was a guy to run for 150 and pass for 150. And if it wasn't for, you know, them stalling the first two drives with Kate Fortin and and uh, then inserting uh, Kate Fortin on a third down call, uh, which was a passing down, I mean – there was a couple of mistakes early on that I think Arkansas left points on the board, especially with a couple of goal line situations there. They probably – I don't know how many points they've left on the board this year or on the field this year, Porter, but it seems every single week we see like maybe three, two or three scores leaving, leaving it on the field and not in the end zone. First point, how quickly everybody forgets that Malik Hornsby scrubbed his social media last week. If he did that publicly, oh, I still thought about it in the back of my mind. He did that publicly. What did he do behind the closed doors? What did he do in the locker room? What did he do throughout the week, throughout practice? We don't right. know. So here's the thing: we know Coach Pittman is a man of integrity. Yeah, he's not going to out Malik Hornsby. That's still his kid. That's no. still his player, right? right? So, so everybody is. This is where these rose-colored glasses come in. Why didn't they start Malik? Why didn't they start Malik? He's the better quarterback. Yes, he is. But if we really think about it, what if he, you know, publicly he scrubbed his social media, he threw a tantrum or something. I don't know. I'm speculating, giving my opinion. If that's how he acted publicly, how did he act behind closed doors? And Sam Pittman's probably like, hey, look, man, if that's how you're going to act, I'm not starting you. One, you're setting the tone as a leader, being the head coach, that I don't care who you are. I don't care if KJ's out. You're going to act like that. I'm not starting you. And yeah. I'm, that's another thing. I'm surprised nobody's even mentioned that. Everybody is just up in arms about Sam Pittman don't know what he's doing. Browse is doing this. I mean, we all seen the throw that he threw in the end zone. was way off base. Yeah, way off absolutely. base. There was another throw in the midfield. It went to the damn near the Dagum Mississippi State logo, and the guy was running to the hash. You know, yeah. and I'm not saying he played a trash game. Again, I'm not saying he played a horrible game. He did really good. We know who should have started, but I'm telling you right now, 
then I will say this in front of any Razorback fan to their face. Sam Pittman is not going to take his integrity and put it to the side just for somebody who wants to act a fool and and do that publicly. Yeah. If you have a problem with how things are done, you handle it in private. You, and and I, again, I commend Sam Pittman for taking that chewing because he got all those questions and not one person would even thought to think about, well, maybe this was punishment because of what he did last week. Nobody's thinking about that. No. Yeah, I mean, you, you, yeah, I didn't think about it either. I did think in the back of my mind what he did on social media last week. But when you think about what happens behind closed doors, you don't really think about it. I mean, have, did we even know what Alex Collins was doing uh, to have to carry around a wet mattress back in the 2014 season? You know what? I mean, we were like, and he wasn't getting nearly the amount of carries that we thought he should have, even though he was a special talent. And what happens behind closed doors is what uh, what this pertains to. I think you bring up a valid point there, Porter, that, yeah, you, you think, yeah, yeah, Malik was the solid option. That may be who Kendall wanted the whole time in there at quarterback. But, yeah, I do like, I do like your point there. And, and, and I want to add, gotta, every, everybody – Well, and everybody wants to throw out, you know, what these the, the coaches make this money. This is why they make the money, because they have to sit there and answer these questions. With, and and Because you know what? If Sam Pittman would have outed Malik Horns – and this is if, if this is the case – Strictly if this is the case. If he would have outed Malik Hornsby, everybody would have been on Sam. How could you have called him out like that? How could you have done that and right. turned on him? He sat there and took it and knowing we all I just me, I think there's something internally going on. I mean, he entered the transfer portal to begin the season. They talked him right. into coming, and then something like this happens, he scrubs it. And then and and this is where I'll back the fans. When you scrub your social media, and I touched on this. And then the fans react to it, and then he gets onto the fans for their reaction or saying, "Don't be saying things. Well, don't don't put yourself in a yeah. don't put yourself in a position. Don't don't do anything." Because yeah. I'm telling you right now, there's a certain school that I root for. They have a no social media policy during season. They don't allow them on any social media for that point, and I think it's more to protect them, and that way it protects the program. You know, you're not getting out there and doing things yeah. that, that you should. And, and we're, you know, they're kids, so they're going to go off emotions. And we know it. We do it at the same thing when we're watching the game and they're tweeting during the game. Sometimes I wish I didn't have my phone on me during the game. But but we have to take oh, a step I back. I, did. Not, I, take, I, I you, take stupid crap every game. <laughs> but, but we got to really take a step yeah. back because, one, like with, with us – even if it's personal or not, I mean, we still reflect who we reflect. And if we say something ignorant, Absolutely. we're going to get called out for it. So, I mean, I oh, think yeah. that's a big reason of why, just my opinion, one person's opinion on why he didn't start. If that's really what happened, but, I mean, it's logical to me because that would make perfect sense. But if that's the case, and then, everybody, and then the media, you know, everybody's on the media. Ask the tough questions. Ask the tough questions. I mean, they do. They make these press conferences public now. They put them on YouTube. You can see that they're answering yeah. the questions. And and I will say one thing, though. You know, and, and, and I don't know if it will ever happen, but I do think at some point we need to hear from the coordinators. They're, they're getting paid millions, too. 
You know, I think yeah. they should have to answer. I don't think all of it should fall on Sam Pittman. I think the coordinator should answer some things. I mean, that's just fair. But if that's yeah. the way, and that is where it's a catch-22. You know, if, if, if Coach Pittman doesn't want his coordinators out there, he's going to have to take, accept and take the fall for it. And we have to accept that he doesn't want his coordinators putting out there. And, and I guess in a way – you got three people answering the same kind of questions. You're going to get kind of three different versions. That's three different types that you could spin things out of context. So, I mean, in a way, I can see yeah. why it happens. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if Arkansas was ever able to, like, talk – or the media was able to talk to Arkansas coordinators, I would ask Barry Odom, why didn't you at least go to four-man front on sundown? Because, I mean, our, I mean, Mississippi State was four – or three of five on third – or fourth down and I mean even though they were five of thirteen on third down they still gave up the fourth down uh plays uh a lot of those early on I mean Mississippi State knew what they were doing and Mike Leach countered with a bunch of run plays I think they what they do run 33 uh rushing plays or 30 rushing plays for 163 yards uh, if I'm remembering correctly that I mean yeah it's like you're getting you're he's going at you play after play after play and you're not responding to that. And I know you're having to to uh, to to try to protect your weaknesses there, but maybe take one of the defensive backs out and put a four a four man front out there, you know, or I don't know what the I don't well, know and they're so depleted, you know, they're now, depleted. I mean, this game's with, over now, I mean, you know, and, and Coach Pittman's Coach Pittman's saying uh, basically saying without saying bumper pulls out there playing hurt. Yeah, you're already out slusher. Pools playing yeah. hurt. Well, who else? I mean, that, that's the thing. And I don't know right. how much, you know, how hurt he is, but that's what he's saying. He's been playing hurt the whole time. But, I mean, there he's is things. He's played hurt his whole career, too. He, he does. He, you know, he's like a Grant Morgan. He sits there and plays, you know, yeah. Grant Morgan played hurt how many times? I mean, but that's just what that position and wearing that C on that jersey means yeah. to those guys. But Pride. Yeah. There's a lot of pride. Yeah. And and one thing I do want to say is congratulations to Bumper Pool. He didn't get to celebrate his tackle record the way we all thought he would be able to. But man, that I mean, the guys played five years here, uh, really four complete years. The uh, 2018 season, he only played like five or six games sparingly. But, but I mean, I know he uh, may listen to this show every once in a while, but I do want to congratulate Bump for uh, for breaking Tony Boo's record and having his name submitted in the uh, record books at the University of Arkansas. So congratulations there to Bob. Yeah, big and, – and another point is with with the – I think a lot of it is it's 50-50 on the offensive side of the ball of play calling slash oh, yeah. per um, execution. You had 10 penalties oh, for 84 yards. What's that? Oh, yeah, both ways. Absolutely. Because, you I mean, you look at the stats. You had 242 yards passing, 241 yards rushing. I mean, that's – Pretty good. That's even. That's what you want to do. You know, you know, it's just the penalties and then how many interceptions they could have. I mean, we can go through the what ifs. And I, I mean, I don't even think that if, um, there, you know, there's some people that were saying if KJ was healthy. I mean, I don't think they still would have won because of the defensive woes. And again, like I said, yeah. he is a run first quarterback. Malik is a run first quarterback. I think a lot of it too was. If if it wasn't true or whatever, like he was really doing better in practice, maybe they were trying to throw a different look at 
as, instead of run first. Maybe they wanted a pocket passer. I, I mean, I don't know. And I don't even know if they gave him enough sample size. I don't know how many drives he was in. And th- the first half, I was kind of in and out of the game. But um, it's just there's a, they're moving forward. You know, you let when we like I said, it's like you knew it was going to happen. You kind of knew that. I mean, he had 395 yards passing. He had 48 attempts. I said 45 to 50, and he had 48 attempts. 31 48 for 395 was what they had passing. But they also had 173 yards rushing. I mean, they did. They did just as good. You know, in, when it comes to, um, when it comes to the balance attack, they did just as well as as, as Arkansas did, and they just yeah. got more points on, more points on the yeah. board. Arkansas at least left three touchdowns on the field. I do. I mean, I believe. I mean, there was that Malik Hornsby goal line situation. Was he down there twice? I think once in the first half and once in the second half. And, I mean, Arkansas was driving the football pretty good. I mean, and then you take away two of the uh, touchdowns in the end zone. If you just get two of those picks in the end zone, yeah, that, that changes the score too. I mean, and then there were so many tip balls, and Arkansas just was never able to capitalize on it. And, and in past against uh, Mike Leach coach teams at Mississippi State, Arkansas has been able to create turnovers, at least one or two. But Arkansas had the opportunity to have seven turnovers through the air on Saturday and weren't able to get a single dang one of them. How does that even happen? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, I, I guess that's why, you know, it's like a Kirk Herbstreit used to say in the uh, NCAA 14 games is, oh, that's why they don't play wide receiver there. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's part of it. I mean, yeah, that one went through Malik Chaves' hands and then one was going to be a fantastic uh, diving catch interception. Uh, yeah, yeah, that you're talking about the one that went through the guy's hands and Mississippi State caught yeah. it for a touchdown. Now, that yeah. and the one I was yeah. talking about with Malik, that was in the second half. I mean, the guy, like I said, he was just Yeah. And and I will say this to in in a way when you look back on it. If you look at the lineman's hands, it was kind of stretching out a little bit. And I think it just threw his just for a split second, it threw his trajectory off where it was, you know, yeah. Way off base, but still, yet if you're an SEC quarterback, you kind of, I mean, especially as supposed he is, pump fake run. I mean, he had 116 yeah. yards rushing, or 100, 114, had 114 yards rushing. So, I mean, Rocket Sanders was held under 100. He had 86 yards, and then DeBinion had 30. I mean, they were running the ball really well. And then yeah. just, you know, he's 8 for 17 for 234 in passing, but he threw two picks. So, I mean, again, it was just possession. It was like thirty-eight to twenty-three, wasn't it? Let me see if it's on here. Um, yeah, yeah it was thirty-five twenty-four. They had the ball for thirty-five okay. minutes. Okay. Arkansas had it for twenty-four minutes, but and and like twenty-three minutes in the first half. And you know they they did decent on the third down. What we talked about, they were five yeah. for thirteen. Arkansas was eight for sixteen. So I mean, fifty percent on third down. It's not, but th- three for four on fourth down. What was Mississippi yeah. State? So it's like, you know, we we talk about the third down. It's like they almost do the good on the third down, but now we're pushed to fourth down, and you know, it it it's just a rough, it's a rough go because of it started off with the three game win streak, you know, and look at what South Carolina did to Kentucky. So you got to hold that as a quality win now. I mean, yes. South Carolina looks like a different team. So you got to hold that win as a little bit of a quality win. You go to BYU, they got beat by Notre Dame 28-20, I believe. 
but it's yep. they haven't just impressed me. And with with Arkansas, it's almost like you know. All right, now we're and I don't still haven't heard anything on KJ's situation. I would assume from the reports that I heard that he was clear, but they just didn't want to mess with. Um, putting him in, but then I heard another report saying that would get him cleared first thing Monday and then start preparation. So I don't know exactly what's going on when it comes to, um, you know, the injuries or, or KJ's injury when he's coming back. But I would suggest he would come back next week. Um, but you get him back. I haven't heard anything on Slusher. Marcus Kennedy wants to know about Slusher. I haven't heard anything on Slusher. Um you know, it's perfectly right here. Love the Hogs. Typical football fans know these types of games are going to happen two or three times this season. And that's true. Until you get SEC depth where yeah. – you, you look at Alabama's case. I know they escaped against A&M. But you, you look at what they – the quarterback that come in and, and did what he did against Arkansas on the third downs. You know I mean? When you get the SEC depth. And when that comes, I don't. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen the recruiting rankings or anything like that. But I, I still think it's going to be a little bit. I mean, you're trying to recruit in the toughest conference in America, and then besides that, you got Texas and OU looming coming in. You know, it, it's not easy. And sometimes, as a fan base, you just got to realize that we're going to be that team that maybe one or two times every ten years we're going to win nine, ten games. After that, we're just going to be an eight, nine win, seven, eight win season. You know, it's just how it's you can only play with what you got to work with, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And look, guys, I know, I mean, I did see I was open for 11 wins. I was open 10, 11. Like I was, I was drinking the Kool Aid. And that's when you have a completely healthy squad. Like this is this Arkansas team, man, Porter. They are still three years removed from the worst era of football in Razorback football history. They, no. they, I mean, they don't have the depth yet. I mean, even if they did have the depth, they're still all freshmen and sophomores, maybe redshirt freshmen. I mean, Arkansas, they are. I mean, they are hurting when they lose their best starters. They're still going to hurt. It's not like A uh, and M, where they have seven five-star freaking freshman defensive linemen out there making plays. Arkansas's not going to have that. I don't know of any other program in the country that has seven five-star defensive linemen that are freshmen out there making plays. There's yeah. not. And, and it's you, not gonna it's going to get any easier. Take time. Yeah. No. I mean, not. it's going to take it, time, it, but, I mean, there's there's starting to get urgency. When, when OU and Texas announced they were coming to the SEC, I mean, it takes time. But, look, you can't get complacent. You've got you've no. to look at the other programs that have turned things around with just a couple of classes. I know it's different per sport, and and and, but the SEC is elite in a lot of the sports. You're recruiting yeah. against the same schools in different sports. Arkansas's just got to get to the point where they're getting the dogs. How they got to get it? You know, they've been doing really good with the transfer portal, but health is a lot of it. And then you lose. I mean, would you have loved to have the guys that went to LSU on oh, your absolutely. De- You know. Depth. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of stuff that, that goes on behind the scenes that we don't know about, and then that's on us when we try to be the, the, the couch coach and think that we know what should be done when we don't know what's going on the other side of that curtain. So, again, that's what we started and, off the show with. It's a good thing we do this thing a day beyond and, and, and kind of come to our senses a little bit opposed to we're doing this right after the game because 
who knows what our reaction would be. Yeah, absolutely. Abby Green says we have to get new coordinators before the new year. I would go bonkers. I I don't think that's the answer. I don't think you change. You do not change. That is not the answer as far. And I I don't mean to be disrespectful to whoever Abby Green is, but, you know, that's not the answer to this. You had two high-level coordinators that have proven it. Arkansas just doesn't have the horses, man. You put up 500 yards or nearly 500 yards of offense with your backup quarterback in there. Heck, you don't you don't fire that guy. Now, I've seen Javante Herndon. I've saw Madre Hill. Guys talking about needing to get a new offensive coordinator. The offensive coordinator is not your problem, guys. The offensive coordinator is absolutely not. There's nothing wrong with this offense. You were you're playing a backup quarterback. Now I would be worried about your defense, but no, there's no reason to ever say that uh, Barry Odom and, and Kendall Browles need to be fired because this isn't Chavis and, and that uh, Moocher that's now at Mid-Tennessee State as a graduate assistant. I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, that was offensive coordinator in a Chad. But, man, that that was – those guys deserve to be fired. These guys, Odom and Browles do not. Yeah, and, and this comment, you know, sounds like – feel like we get something going. If Jefferson's back healthy, we can win all our games, be 7-3. and three. I mean, I said last week, if Arkansas loses against Mississippi State, they still have a chance of being nine a nine-win season. It's a possibility. And I, I know Ole Miss pulled away, but how many times have I told you Arkansas can't get in a hole against certain teams? You know, Ole Miss can't hang around and let Arkansas play the way Ole Miss did against Vandy. Because Arkansas will run down their throat and they'll yeah. score some touchdowns. I mean, that's this is the thing. Like, teams are showing the vulnerable. We don't know what state of the team that Auburn and LSU is going to be in. We know – I mean, Missouri's played good defense. I mean, they've had a good defensive game. But when I looked at the back end of the schedule, I'm saying possibility. I'm not predicting anything yet. I'm saying a possibility. I mean, maybe, all right, if you want to throw out the Ole Miss game, all right, you, you don't think we can outscore them. The other schools, the other teams, even BYU included, I think Arkansas can outscore these teams with their running game. It, because if you can run, yeah. especially the way KJ's been running and, and Sanders has been running and DeBinion's been running, you get that possession to where you're at 35, they're 24, and you're running the ball and you're scoring, you're going to keep the ball away from them and you're going to score more points than than they do. I mean, that's just how I feel about it. Yeah. You know you're going to beat Liberty. I mean, that's another given game. So, if if I said they're, they're three and three right now, then you go LSU, Auburn, Missouri, and uh, Liberty. That gives you seven right there. Four wins. Yep. There's seven. So, then you got to win two more. But, I mean, it's yeah. just the thing and, that – what's that? And the majority of those games after this uh, uh, BYU and Auburn, the rest of them are almost at home except Missouri. Mm-hmm. So, so, you're back home, you yeah. know, and that that gives you at least seven wins there. And then if you win the so, Ole Miss game, you, you got, got that. Fun, yeah. And when I say nine wins, yeah. I mean, if you go to a bowl game and win, you know, yeah. you can go be a nine-win team. I mean, that's something real. I mean, th- this is what happened last year after the three-game losing kid. And a lot of people were saying, well, they were playing better football last. No, they weren't. They got blown out by Georgia. No. They went – they allowed – yeah, they scored 51 points and a, a two-point conversion away from Ole Miss, but they still allowed 52 points to Ole, Ole Miss. And then – Auburn, Bo Nix had the game of his life against Arkansas. So, I mean, they didn't necessarily play – I would call it an even scratch when you're talking about last year and this year and when and the performance that they played. 
I mean, you look at the Alabama game. That was the Georgia game. You look at the Mississippi State game. There was the uh, Auburn game. Auburn and game. you know, yep. it, in, and then the Texas A&M game that lost, I mean, it was a crapshoot. The Ole Miss game was a crapshoot. You get the two-point conversion, you win. You kick the field goal, you win. So, to sit there and say that they were playing much better ball, I mean, it's kind of it's it's kind of in the same situation. Yeah, I thought about the same thing too. And and you think about, it, I mean, Arkansas, the ball bounced their way a lot last year. I mean, how many games last year did they win by one possession? Yeah. And now a lot of that was because they. Uh, of the senior leadership you had in Grant Morgan, you had Hayden Henry, you had Traylon Burks, you had a lot of guys that were the leaders of this team, and then now you lost them all. I mean, you, you're trying to you're you're reeling, and you had Catalan gone back to back seasons. So so you're playing with uh, playing with fire right now, and and you go to BYU on the road, and this this is what's going to be an interesting game, Porter, because. BYU's been two different teams all year long. They're either really good or they're really bad, or, or they're not really bad, maybe more mediocre. They, they do kind of have, like, the Arkansas feel to it. Like, when things are going good, they're really good, and when things are going bad, they're just kind of terrible. And, and BYU just uh, – they, they had a couple of times where they could have stopped Notre Dame, especially on that fourth down, and BYU could have come back and drove down the field to beat Notre Dame. But – Notre Dame was able to uh, to 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 close it out, and uh, you know maybe with some referees help over there in Vegas. But well, yeah, if you, this is going to be a tough one. If you look at the schedule, you got Ole Miss right before Missouri. So I mean, there, you this BYU game is going to be a pivotal when it comes to how is this season going to play out. This is going to be pivotal. I think they can beat BYU. Uh, oh, yeah. Then you got go to Auburn, which like I said, Auburn. I mean, they got two weeks. To get ready for you. I don't know if they have a game in between BYU or not, but, you know, their program, I mean, they just got blown out by LSU. Mm-hmm. Um, then you look at Liberty. Then you have LSU, not LSU. Who who did Auburn get beat by? Was it LSU? No, Tennessee beat LSU. Who did Auburn get beat by? Auburn, uh, Auburn's been beat by a lot of people this year. Uh, Georgia. Georgia. Got beat by Georgia yesterday. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's what it was. They got Ford. blown out by Georgia they yesterday. To, yeah. yeah, they lost by four to, to LSU okay. uh, the week before last. Well, I was thinking LSU. They got beat by Tennessee, and Auburn got beat by Georgia. But then, you, yeah. I mean, LSU, again, you don't know where these teams are going to be the further down this schedule you go. So, I mean, you reel off – one, two, three, four. You're sitting at seven and three come Ole Miss game. Say you do yeah. drop that game. You're seven and four. You beat Missouri. You're eight and four. You go to a bowl game, win that, and you're nine and four again. And I don't know. I, I mean, maybe That's I'm not. You projected them to be. I, I predicted nine wins at, at the beginning of the yeah. year. But, I mean, there might be a different field. Just, I mean, every year is different. But I'm just saying if they do win nine games, they do go on a three game winning streak. And then they go into Ole Miss. I mean, they could end up winning that game. It's at home. You've got a lot of momentum. Ole Miss coming to town. You don't know what they've got ahead of them. I don't know when they exactly play Bama, but Bama's on their schedule. A&M's on their schedule. So, you know, it's just anything can happen. I see an Ole Miss struggle for three quarters or two and a half quarters, three quarters against Bandy. So anything can happen. I mean, it's, 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 yeah. it's a winnable game. But yeah. because like Josh Ole Miss don't have a Matt Corral, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Well, and, and here – I love 
I love uh, seeing Lane Kiffin be six and zero. That's my boy. That's who I always wanted to be uh, the head coach of the Arkansas, uh, Arkansas Razorbacks. But he's doing a good job, and they they're a good defensive team. They're not going to blow you up on offense. So uh, I think they're more of a similar to uh, what Texas A and M is. Too. I don't. I'm not completely sold on Ole Miss until I see them uh, go toe to toe against Bama and and LSU and and to see what they have because I don't. I mean, because you saw how Kentucky is. I mean, they're they are kind of just. I don't know what you'd call it because they were without Will Levis last night, and so I don't know. It's it's a tough uh, situation there with Kentucky, but there's just there's no separation. I mean, Tennessee separated themselves. Uh, but with Kentucky and Ole Miss, I I don't know. Yeah. I think Arkansas can beat Ole Miss. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I don't think they have the offensive firepower outside of the run game to uh, maybe with Arkansas being at home, both two of the best running games uh, in the country. Maybe Arkansas and uh, Ole Miss could be a pretty good classic, and that could be an Arkansas game that Arkansas gets uh, bowl eligible on. Yeah, but we'll we'll touch on more after the break. Yeah. We're coming up on a commercial break right now, but. Uh, after the break, we will get back into the game. We'll talk more of the BYU situation and the game coming up, what it's going to take for Arkansas to, to win out if they do drop a game to Ole Miss, where that puts them. But we'll be right back. Do you need those pesky stumps ground before the winter? Your pasture brush hogged or need your driveway bladed? Here at Grind It Right Outdoor Services, we offer more than just stump grinding. We have recently expanded our business to include tractor work as well. So along with stump grinding, we offer bush hogging, land clearing, grading driveways, placing, and even spreading gravel. We are locally owned and operated, so call Danny today for a free quote at 205-377-2662 or 479-530-1641. Again, that is 205-377-2662 or 479-530-1641. Shelby Taylor Trucking serves all your timberland needs in south-central Arkansas. With over 50 years in the industry, Shelby Taylor Trucking has established themselves as trustworthy leaders in the industry. From planting to harvesting to hauling your timber, Shelby Taylor Trucking is ready to serve you. Follow them on all social media platforms at Shelby Taylor Trucking. Learn more by visiting their website at staylortrucking.com. That's staylortrucking.com. Camelot Exteriors specializes in identifying hail, wind, and other storm damage, as well as residential and commercial roof installations and re-roofing. We use only the highest quality materials from certified suppliers while putting a lifetime labor warranty on all of our roofs. Our mission is to provide our customers with the highest quality roofing project customized to fit each one of their needs and to provide exceptional service through the entire process. Camelot Exteriors is based in Norman, Oklahoma, but we proudly currently serve nine other states as a premier nationwide roofing company. So call us today at 833-799-7663 for your free estimate. Camelot Exteriors, your storm damage restoration experts. If you want the best service and prices in Northwest Arkansas and Southwest Missouri for all your plumbing and electrical needs, then look no further than Corey Hyman, the plumbing electrical supply guy. Corey's in full steam ahead and providing the best electrical, plumbing, and septic supply service around. So call Corey at 479-301-8220 or email him at chindman, that's H-I-N-D-M-A-N, at andersonp.com. Again, that is 479 
McCoy Tiger Drug Store of Sheridan, Arkansas has been the top pharmacy in all of South Central Arkansas since 1895. They were also the 2020 Good Neighbor Pharmacy of the Year. They not only fix you up with your prescription with timely and friendly service, but also an elite gift shop. All your OTC needs, baby and wedding registries, tuxedo rentals, and much more. They are located at 821 North Rock Street in Sheridan. Give them a call today at 870-942-5121. And we want to welcome you back to the episode of the Hog Talk Podcast. And before we get back into it, man, I got I got to give my son a shout out. I told him I'd wear it. He got him another silver medal this week at the bowling tournament. So at the Special Olympics at the uh, Region Two, uh, sadly he he did qualify for state, but we're going to be in Disneyland during that time, so he will not be able to participate in the state tournament for the bowling. But He's already ramped up and ready to go for uh, the track and field, which will be in April. So I told him I'd wear this tonight for him. And you see, of course, behind me always have the Special Olympics of Arkansas banner flying in the Hyman Services Studios. So a, a proud Papa moment for me, for sure. Oh, yeah, man. I, I love Special Olympics. I went and I, I said that a few weeks ago, too. That's awesome. Proud of your son. And there's nothing but good things when you get to be able to wear your uh, son's medal with pride. Oh yeah, and that's the thing. I, I tell everybody that's he, he's my dude. We, we've been through a lot, you know, in his twelve years and stuff. So if you, you want to get the waterworks going, just that that that's my switch when it comes to. I mean, we just that that's my buddy. So I had to give him a shout out. I told him would, and uh, uh, gotta appreciate my boy Cabo for giving him a shout out on um, Drive Time Sports the other day. Gavin, I showed him the clip of it. Man, he was just stoked. So he, he tries to be humble and want to be a celebrity, but he. Uh, he had a little Instagram account and he has like 35 followers on there. And he's like, I guess I'm becoming popular. You know, it's just one of the things, you know, so he, he thinks he's a stud now, but, but now moving yeah, on. That reminds me, that reminds me of my little sister before we go to the next, uh, my little sister has Down syndrome and she's like a NASCAR super fan, super fan, kind of like similar to Kane, Kane and Sandy. And, uh, she was during the pre-race show uh, a couple of years ago down in Daytona, they, uh, they were talking about her. She was down there getting autographs signed by folks, and they were like, yeah, if you ever see uh, see her on Twitter, that's Maggie Joe Davis. You need to go follow her. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that was uh, that was about 10 minutes before the uh, green flag dropped, and uh, she's like, they were like, NASCAR super fan, just a uh, great girl, and uh, Kyle Petty and all those uh, names in the NASCAR community were just talking about her. It was really cool seeing that. But uh, yeah, it's it's really cool, man. Those, those kids they need to be they need to feel important just like uh, we do. And being able to have those games, man, and uh, be able to show pride and boast in their abilities is is important to the world. And, and congratulations, to your son again. Oh yeah, it's awesome to be able to showcase it and promote. It. And that's oh, yeah. the thing, man. We got this platform, and you know, it, I would be I wouldn't feel right if we didn't use it to sit there and promote the Special Olympics and do anything with autism awareness, which I'm heavily involved in autism awareness and Special Olympics. And, you know, just because it touches you, you want to do good. And that's what we try to do, you know, with how, you know, we're growing with the hog talk. You know, I want to be able to get to the point where, you know, I can send some of these kids to these camps and I can send some of these kids to do stuff with the Special Olympics or, you know, whatever we can do. But, yeah, it's a – it's just it's a great feeling to be able to give back and see that you know they see that other people are there cheering them on. It's real. It was really cool. 
uh, my son's mother was there at the at the tournament. She said there was just so many people there to watch, and so they really enjoyed that. But but anyway, moving back on into you know next week's game against BYU, um, we'll break it down more come Wednesday. But you know, just watching them, like you said, it's a Jekyll and Hyde kind of deal, and I, I think you know BYU is going to be ready. This is not going to be a cakewalk. You know, it's going to be a two thirty game. And they, like every school outside of a, a, a Power Five, I should say, or even sometimes with the Pac-12 or ACC, you know, being an SEC team, always you got a target on your back. No matter when Arkansas was at their lowest, you know, teams really, North Texas and Western Kentucky, and, you know, they really – had a badge of honor, you beat an SEC school. So no matter how bad you are, even beating an SEC school in BYU, I don't know how far they'll fall in the rankings, but they're probably still going to be ranked. So, you know, it's going to be a ranked win for Arkansas if they win. But yet it's going to be an SEC win if BYU, you know, comes out on top. Plus you're going out there. but And I think that when it comes to, you know, the – altitude and all that. I don't think that's going to be that big of a deal when it comes to the game, game time, gameplay. But I, I just don't know if they're ready for our physicality. You know, Cincinnati kind of had the same thing going. They thought they were going to come in and be able to battle and outwork Arkansas. And I just don't think that they're going to be able to, when it comes down to the 40, you know, the 40 minutes, 60 minutes, you know, they're not going to be able to hang with Arkansas physically and I don't think they have a big enough passing attack to sit there and hang with Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Kennedy says that uh, BYU was not ranked this week, so they fell okay. from 16th completely out, which okay. is a yeah. surprise. They could have at least been 25. But, uh, there, there's been a lot of movement in the polls, uh, rightfully so, because you, you look at, you look around and, and you, there's I think they said there's like 12 teams that were – in the preseason top twenty-five that are no longer in it, and I think that was uh, uh, the fifth one of the fifth quarter uh, accounts that tweeted that out. There's like ten to twelve teams. That's just amazing to me, and that just shows you how much uh, the, uh, unknown, unknown there is in college football to start the season. I mean, we were all talking about how Clemson wasn't going to be nearly as good, and now here they are, looking good as what uh what we I mean are even better than what we thought they would be. So. Uh, DJ Ugalage, Ugalage, I just call him DJ. <laughs> DJ, yeah. Uh, but he, he's starting to look pretty solid. I mean, you look at uh, Ohio State, who probably deserves to be number one. Uh, you had Georgia there that's, that escaped Missouri and then had a close loss. To I mean, there's just a lot of teams there that this, things are starting to separate themselves. You know who the guys are that are real ones and who's not. Uh, I think there's – more parity also in the college football world too. So, yeah, it's sad. It's not going to be a ranked win if Arkansas is able to capitalize. Uh, you also get your quarterback back. Like we said earlier, you get, maybe can get Slusher back from a calf injury. Uh, maybe let him uh, nurse it this week and have him back on Wednesday for uh, BYU prep. So, uh, I think you're going to be able to go back to your four-man front. You're uh, maybe going to get your uh, secondary back and healthy after next week. I mean, luckily you have a bye week after this. So this is a huge game for Arkansas. You go into a bye week uh, to prepare for Auburn the next week. Uh, if you win it, great. If you don't win it, 
it's going to be a long uh, uh, 13 days after that. Yeah, to, if uh, well, what's going to happen? You you got to look at the fact of where Auburn is, where LSU is, where Missouri is, and look where you're at as a program. Yeah. You know, you're on the rise. So, yeah, you're on a little three-game skid right now. But I'm talking about program as a whole. LSU's got a brand-new coach. They're trying to figure out their program. Harson at Auburn's, I mean, he's halfway out the door from reports I'm hearing. Missouri, we know, I mean, Drink got lucky against Georgia and played them tough and, you know, you know, barely got beat by them. But they still lost. But you look at where Arkansas is at a program, and they're on the rise. They won nine wins last year. So, you've got to win those type of games. You you know, the Auburn game, I mean, that should be a win. Missouri game should be a win. LSU game should be a win. Just how they are looking as a team. And and you look at the quarterback play. How, who's going to be healthy? Who's going to be playing? What kind of injuries? Look at what we're dealing with with injuries. You know, look, but look at it, BYU. I mean, they only had 120 yards passing. He was Jaron Hall was 9 of 17, two touchdowns, and he threw it to the same guy. Cody Epps had four receptions for 100 yards. So, you you, you look at their team right there, and they, they had one threat on yeah, the passing was, game. And I think, would you say Corey Epps? Is that who you Cody say? Epps. Cody yeah. Epps. Yeah, he and one of those was like a 50 or 60-yard yeah. uh, touchdown because of a blown coverage or, or a missed tackle and, and was a touchdown. It was a long touchdown, too. So, yeah, that <laughs> man, blown coverage, that, that sounds just like and, the Arkansas uh, – Three-game losing streak, too. And their rushing attack, you know, it was – what yeah. I mean, they had, Chris Brown Jr. had 14 carries for 86 yards. Average six yards a carry. I mean, that's respectful, you know. But their quarterback, Jaron Hall, five rushes for 11 yards. So, that tells me he's not that he's, – he's almost like a Will Rogers. He's not going to be that explosive of – so, I, I really do think – I'm really thinking they come back with the forefront this game. Yeah, they don't have. And now, they, if they had two guys that were threats and gunners, and it's funny I say that there are other receivers named Gunner, <laughs> but <laughs> if they had two gunners where you really had to spread it out and make them find that soft spot in the zone, and maybe you drop back. But I think with this, you want to bring pressure. I think this is a statement game for Arkansas because they're catching a lot of crap from the OC side. And I guess again, when I talk about pivotal game. This is going to change my perceptive of this season. I'm not saying that if Arkansas comes out and they get in a shootout with this team, show 100% effort and just lose the game. I'm saying if they come out flat, the play calling is atrocious, the defense play is atrocious, and they fall flat on their face and they let BYU beat them like Mississippi State did, yeah, I'm going to have a different – we're going to have a different kind of talk next week when we're on the show. But – if they, may, if they go out and win this game, which I think they are, impose their will, I think this is going to be a game where this is a statement. All right, y'all thought we were down. Y'all thought we were down last year. It's time to step it up. You're going to get KJ back more than likely. We'll see. Until I hear from the team that he's playing or he's clear to go, I'm not going to say that he is or isn't. Same thing with Slusher. Um, that's another thing. You know, there, there, there's people out there that are trying to be press. They're trying to be media. They're trying to be in the press rooms. I'm telling you, if it's portal news, if it's anything rumors, like with this Malik stuff in his, in his social media, and we've said this, look, when it comes to injuries, we, we, you cannot sit there and speculate. 
you cannot sit there and say, well, he, he's got a concussion. He's on concussion protocol. I mean, that's very dangerous because this is what's going to happen. And I'm just going to be completely honest. We have a lot of privilege when we get to watch some of these press conferences. We get Zooms. We get to watch this stuff on YouTube. I'm telling you right now, if people keep on leaking, and I've heard this come from somebody's mouth, said to me, if people keep on leaking this information on these Facebook sites or in the media, on Twitter, they're going to shut down all Zooms. They're going to be in-person, in-person only. And the only people that's going to know what's going on in that program is the people who go to practice and are sitting in that press conference. So for the people like us who rely on that information, who rely on getting to watch the press conferences, who rely on people who are in the rooms to give us that information so we can pass it along to our audience because we don't, you know, we don't have the credentials. We're a, pre- we're, we're a podcast. We're never going to get credentialed to go to these games. I just wish that people would just let the thing play out. I understand if you, even if you knew, I'm telling you 85% of the people knew that he probably more than likely was not going to play. But it's not our lane. It's not our place to sit there and say that. And I'm sorry that if this upsets some people, but sometimes you've got to respect the program and respect the way things are because there's certain lanes that we have to stay in as, as, as a podcast or as, you know, I'm media on the women's side. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm media on the football side, the basketball and baseball side, because I don't cover them. I'm not credentialed. I'll sit here and say I'm media credentialed for every women's program, and I can say I'm media on the women's side. So I'm not going to act like I'm an insider for the football program. But I get certain access and certain emails and certain information that could get taken away from me if this stuff starts getting leaked again. That's just the way it is and the way it's going to happen. And I'm sorry if I got on a the soapbox there for a minute and, and said that, but it's, it's the truth. It's what's going to happen. Yeah. So this information that you, th- you know you're getting, it can be taken away. Yeah, and, and everybody wants to do it for Facebook likes or Twitter, Twitter clout. And that's what it's all about, Porter. Like, people want, to, people want to have clout. And, yeah, I'll throw stuff against the wall, just to, but it's not something I'm going to go say – Oh, Gatalon, man, he's out for the season. Or or say, no, KJ's in concussion protocol. Then it comes out and says, I never said he was in concussion protocol. Like, you've got you've got to take care of, of things and not let things slip just because you think you have a source or think you have uh, the, the uh, inside info as far as injuries goes. You have to be respectful of the program. Just like you said, you have to be respectful of the coaches and you have to be respectful of the players because the players may not want it out there. Well, and, and here's the deal. I'll stop it at the, just the injury stuff. That's the only – that is, you know, for every rule there's an exception. That's the exception. Go, You can spread all your stuff you want or get the insight you want when it comes to the program. If somebody's left the tra- – or into the portal or scrubbed their stuff, hey, that's fair game. That's fair yeah, game. Absolutely. But when you talk about injuries and stuff, when it's been said multiple times, don't leak, don't leak, don't leak. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, te- I'm just out here being a messenger. I know what's going to happen if these things keep on getting le- leaked. Everybody's going to lose their privileges to even be able to – people who watch this stuff remotely, they're going to be – they're going to lose all their privileges. You're going to have to be in person. Yeah. So, but moving on, <laughs> I stepped on the, 
I, I got on the soapbox for a little bit, but no, it's just, That's all right. listen, and it's, it's touchy for me and here I'll be straight up about it. It's touchy for me because I want that access that, you know, I don't get to go be able to be in the press conference rooms and see this stuff. It's nice to be able to rely on pig trail nation and other entities to that, that I can watch the press conferences, you know, Pat Jenkins who gets to go in there and record it and put it on his Facebook you know, we get to rely on the people that we know to sit there and look at this information, and then we wait, do it the right way, wait on if see we see somebody with a check mark or in the media say something, and then we do it. You know, it's just that. That's why. You know, I don't want it getting taken away from me. And so, yeah, I guess I maybe it's that. just a plea. Look, I understand that you've got your audience. Speak to your audience however you want to, but it's just like when it comes to that injury stuff, it's almost like, hey, let that be. Because it, it could get a lot of people in trouble. And and the people who have those followings and that audience, it's going to allow you to keep doing it because if you get blacklisted from that, you're not going to be able to share that information to your audience anymore. You're right. You're right. But anyways, this BYU game is going to be very pitiful when it comes to the season. I mean, it can honestly mean the difference between nine wins or seven wins. Nine wins and six wins. I, I mean – I just don't think that if you're going into a game that you know you have a chance to win and you're trying to prove a point, try to get back on track, you cannot go into this game and lay an egg. Yeah. Speaking of uh, going into the game, Arkansas is going into the game as a three-point favorite per Vegas. So uh, BYU is going into going in the game mm-hmm. with Arkansas. Uh, they're their three-point three favorites. Yeah, I've seen three. The, uh, I've seen two. It, yeah. It's bouncing in between yeah, that. I think that's fair because it's a road game. Yeah. And Arkansas is on a three-game losing streak. And, and I mean, it is, it, it's just going to be tough. And, and you know, you don't know. What, you know I think the point spread should have been a little bit higher because you uh, against Mississippi State because you really didn't know what you are going to get. Uh, but Vegas knew, man, and uh, they knew Arkansas was going to get blown out by 23. Uh, yeah. They had us at nine and a half uh, pregame, so they knew what was going on. So if, if you have a healthy KJ, I think things uh, start to turn around. We have a chance. Going to a four-man Friday and more bits, we have a chance. Oh, yeah. There, there's a very good chance. And Jim Murphy says, better players, better ingredients, Papa John's. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. That was, a, uh, that was not a Papa John's uh uh, a shout out. Better players, better ingredients, better results, yeah. which is absolutely correct. Uh, yeah, because I don't know if he's uh, going back from watching uh, the very beginning of the show, but I do agree. Uh, and it takes time. Arkansas is still three years off of their uh, worst uh, decade in program history. They are going to have to get the better players. They're on their way. There's a Jalen Braxton kid that's a uh, uh, pretty high four star uh, player who decommitted from Michigan State, committed to Arkansas. Uh, he's really fast too, and so man, there's a lot of young talent there in that secondary. Uh, they're just going to have to be developed, and and they'll get there. Uh, I mean, just look at what the what they've done with uh, Hudson Clark and his ability, even just as a walk on. There's Simeon Blair, who's who was a former walk on, and you uh, you show up and down the roster, and there's guys that have limited experience or they're former walk ons and. And Arkansas was missing, like, I think six secondary players yesterday. Uh, you're missing Ladarius Bishop, obviously missing Catalan Slush. Brini was was out for the first couple of possessions, too. I did notice that. So, yeah, I mean, Arkansas is going to have to get them healthy. Uh, you thought with the transfer portal, and, and you, you never know what you're going to get because 
you never know when the injury bug is going to hit. And so the secondary, like we said, all year long has been an issue. They've allowed at least 300 yards in five of the six ball games or four of the six ball games. They would have, they would have got blown out by Alabama if Bryce Young had played the whole game. He probably would have had 600 yards back <laughs> if he uh, would have got to play the whole game. Yeah, well, I mean, you never know. Game. I mean, that's that's why you play the game. You know, yep, I right. mean, it's just think. Well, I mean, Mississippi State game could have been different if you know KJ. I mean, it's why you play the game. We can't sit there and do do the what if game. You know, it's just it's yeah. the way it happens. And look, that's why we preach depth, depth, depth. Recruit depth because we've always oh, yeah. relied. Look at the first of the year, we relied heavily on Catalan coming back. Catalan's coming back. We're going to have so much strength on our defensive end. We ain't even got to worry about our defense. We got to worry about our wide receivers. And then Catalan goes out. You know, Poole's playing hurt. You know, you just got all this, you know, Sanders. I don't even know where Sanders has been. You know, talking about the sack leader, I don't even know. I don't know where he's been the last few weeks. It's just you got all these guys playing, and they do great the first couple of games, and then it's just like depth hits you, injuries. And, and that's the thing, Sam Pittman, yeah. when it comes to being honest, he's like, dude, we're beat up. We're beat up right now. So the yeah. key to this – And they were beat up last year too. Yeah. Until you get the depth, until you get a second string where you or you can rotate where you've got guys coming in. I'm not saying you've got to have 22 five-stars. But if you've got a second string or somebody who can rotate in and, and be – you, there's not big of a drop-off when it comes to fulfilling into the starter, that's when you're going to start seeing this change. But when you have one string and that's all you're relying on and you're playing in the SEC and you're playing football, you're going to have injuries. It's the way it is. And then you start to go start yeah. piecing things together. So, I mean, that, there's just a lot of things that go into this. And I know we're kind of making excuses and we shouldn't because, I mean, this is – but, you know, we also got to realize, you know, Pittman's only what? This is only really second year. You know, that first year was yeah. the COVID year. We, you don't, I mean, I know we can kind of count it, but not count it. But, I mean, this is really their second full year of being a, a program in the toughest conference. So, we have the expectations. We have the promise. They did win nine games last year. So, of course, we look at the whole. And I said, you're allowed a game or two buffer in between. So, I mean, just because if they do drop and win eight games this year, it's not a failure. You know, you ain't going to come out and win three games and say, oh, well, we'll get them next year. You know, they have a legit chance yeah. to get into that eight-win season. And if you get to those eight wins, nine wins this season, I mean, you look back and you're thinking, man, how the heck did we get nine, eight, nine wins out of this team? And that's the thing, though. That's the thing about college football. You, you, you can have those rough stretches, and that's the beauty of football anyway is, you can have those rough stretches, and you look back at the end of the year, and I'm like, huh, that was a success. We overcome what we uh, had issues with all year long to come out with eight or nine wins, and that's the beauty of it, and that's what Arkansas is up against right now with a pretty favorable schedule ahead of them. Yeah. Well, uh, we are coming up close on to the end of the show. Jacob, do you got anything else? to, to Any final thoughts of this week? Any final thoughts going into BYU? I think Arkansas, my one my one question is how physical will this team be and how resilient will this team be when they get hit in the mouth against BYU? I want to see this team not have to depend on one or two quarters of play to stay in this game. I want them to come out not flat in the first quarter and go out there and keep that momentum up throughout the game. I think 
that is the big, uh, biggest key to me this week is what we're going to see against BYU. Uh, physicality and playing with max effort all game long. Yeah, that, that's that's going to be the biggest thing. How much do they want it? Do they really want to turn this season around? I mean, we are at that point. I said pivotal point. I can't stress it enough. This is a turning point in the season. You're coming off a three-game skid, get blown out against Mississippi State. It, it's time to turn things around. And like I said, I'm not saying that if Arkansas loses to BYU, it, it's going to be the end of the season. But they have to come out and, and fire on all cylinders. they got to play the best they can. And, and that will – you know, show me is this team ready to move in into the right direction? So, but that's all I, I I got on that. I just I really want this team to turn it around. You know, like we said a couple of weeks ago, the fans deserve to have good seasons. The fans deserve with everything going on in the university. So we need this football team to be where it, it needs to be. I mean, we need it. Yeah. Look how what during the three game winning streak, what it did for the fan base. And, you know, speaking, you know, speaking of, you know, all the other programs that are doing so well, you know, we're going to debut our new show lineup. It's going to be the weekly women's sports report. It's going to be on every Monday in between 6, 630. Uh, we're going to have a surprise guest on. He's going to be the one that really kind of got me in, got me in the door for uh, covering women's sports. So, be looking forward to that. It's going to be a show dedicated just to the women's sports. 30 minutes once a week. We're going to give you rundowns of all the scores, recruiting. It's going to be a first of its kind. Nobody else is doing it. Um, so I'm going to dedicate dedicate a show. It's my passion. It's what I kind of brought to the table when I started with the Hog Talk. So, you know, it, it, it's long overdue. I'm able to really spend more time covering the women's sports. They deserve it, and they're going to get it starting tomorrow. So be looking forward to that. Six o'clock, we're going to start every Monday doing the weekly women's sports report. And I'm I'm very stoked about our first guest, and then we're going to keep on trying to have coaches, players, and recruits on. So be looking forward to that. And if it's a big hit and we keep on running well and they want more content, we'll go an hour. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. That's awesome, man. Porter, great show. As yep. always, fans, thank you for uh, – joining us and if you haven't already go on our uh, apple podcast go and uh, subscribe and uh, rate and review our podcast give us a like on facebook twitter and uh i guess our instagram account we don't really do much on Instagram, no. but, <laughs> yeah. but you can like us wherever yeah you can find and, us wherever. and we've not done a real good we since we've been doing the live shows it's we've not been doing a real good job when it comes to hey go you know download our podcast but we yeah. i do try to put it up every morning and put our links and stuff but now that also we are on the, the itunes app uh you can go to itunes radio put in the believe radio podcast channel and our podcast will be in the lineup so Really proud to be a partner with that, being partnered with the Buzz Radio Network. Believe all of our sponsors, Bet Online, all of our local sponsors here at the Hog Talk Podcast. But for me, Porter Hayes and Jacob Davis, that will do it for another episode. New show tomorrow night. Can't wait to catch it. We're still going to do our Wednesday preview show with BYU. So it's going to be some busy but fun times in the world of Hog Talk Podcast. So we'll catch you tomorrow night. Good stuff, Porter. Yes, sir. You have fun the rest so, of the evening. Uh, oh, man. It's going to be.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.